fact, I said it before and I'll say it again. That scene, that last scene. What does it mean? I'm the dude, you know? Get the fuck out of here. No, no, I cannot. That final scene starts now. Hello, hello, and welcome to That Final Scene. My name is Sophie, I'm your host, and today we have a special episode for you as it's the very first time we're going to break down a TV show, the final scene of the one and only Succession. I'm back with a full crew today, Ben, Simon, hello. Hello, hello. Yo, yo. Someone's back from the beach. Yeah, someone's back from holidays. He's brought a tiki torch with him and a glass of rum. Tell us all about your Greek adventures. How was it? It was pretty good. It was like an intense family holiday. Oh, my okay. mum's like mum succession, came. like <laughs> yeah, we, we we thought you know it's the a Caribbean cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if my mum's mum drunk enough wine every night, she'd become Logan Roy. <laughs> wow, that's an that's an that's an intense no. person to spend two weeks with. My God. No, it's good. Did you watch any shows or films while you were well holidaying? Everyone kept going to bed quite early, which left me to my own devices in the evening. So therefore, I actually I went on a hunt for a sample. I'll play this clip of this song, and this mm-hmm. is what I've been looking for. It's the sample out of do you know uh, do you know Rip Groove? Wait, is it from a movie? This this sample? Uh, no, it's from a Speed Garage track from the nineties. No. I recognize that. Sounds cool though. I recognize that bass line. That sounds like a Basement Jack strike. Mm. Yeah, it does a bit actually. Yeah. So I was reading on some forum that it came from a Steven Seagal film. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I went on a bit of a hunt. <laughs> and I, it became so a bit of an obsession. Oh, yeah. Funny. Oh, fantastic. And I've been watching films from what I describe as his art house phase. Really? Uh, it, how long is the ponytail then? It's optimal. Okay. It's basically ex supporting actor in the film um the pony <laughs> the first film i watched from his straight to vhs uh, era like your sean connery impression coming out there VH, VHS. i feel like if we keep talking about him he needs to sponsor us uh, I, thought you were gonna say, I thought you were gonna say he's like the candy man if we keep talking about him he'll appear <laughs> you say seagal into a mirror well. three times he'll appear behind you and beat you up um so the first one was out for justice wow and he plays a cop cleaning up a dirty city, uh, New York. And he's looking for this guy called Richie. But he just tours around like strip clubs, bars, looking for this guy. And eventually a kid rings him from a call box, tells him where Richie mm-hmm. is, and he wastes him. Anyway, <laughs> watched it twice. Wow. Why? I was looking for the sample. No, oh. why does he waste Richie? That's oh, the question. Richie's oh. like killed his partner or something. I can't ah, remember. Okay. And um, and then this kid just rings him up, tells him where he is, and that's the end. Wow! So the, the movie literally ends just a guy phones him up. Yeah. It? Does this sort of film hold your attention? Yes. Like, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. What was the other one you watched? So that was the first one, and then and so uh, yeah, so I I read I misread the forum, and it wasn't mm. even that film that they mentioned. Oh. Okay. And also the the samples obviously Jamaican. Mm. And please that, tell me that film's full of Italians in New York. So please like, tell me Steven Seagal doesn't play a Jamaican no, character at some point. It's, but it's okay. almost as bad as that. So then I watched <laughs> Marked for Death, the, the, okay, the pinnacle of Seagal's career. <laughs> and he plays, this time, a reluctant to come out of retirement cop uh, who's got to clean up a city. This time his hometown, Chicago, where some, if you can believe it stereotyped jamaican gangs are dealing bad drugs in his city and he has oh, to come wow. and kick ass yeah exactly Intense. and the baddie is called Screwface. 
<laughs> that is actually uh, yeah. very funny. Wow, okay, I love it. I love Do you want to hear it. some lines from it? Yes, please, mm-hmm. God, yes. Okay. You want some blow? Yeah, I want some blow. Put your hands where I can see them, I'm going to blow your head off. Uh, wow. Cool, no, keep a cool head, man. <laughs> oh, okay, now this is a scene where like they're trying to convince Stephen to come back out of retirement. Why to... is it, can I just ask, why is it that Stephen Seagal already sounds like he's done a load of blow in that scene anyway? And because it's just... he has. He yeah, always yeah. sounds like that. Yeah. Okay, this one, it's the classic cop being convinced to come out of retirement because okay. he's such a legend. Listen to what the lady says at the end. Who's that? John Hatcher. He's an undercover troubleshooter for the DEA. Him coming in with us? No, he thinks he's retired. He still looks functional to me. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, she eyes him up and is like, still looks functional still to looks me. Still looks functional to me. Yeah. Wow, what the lady line. knows what My she God. wants. So yeah, he um, in that film, he shoots someone's leg and the whole leg just comes off straight away. <laughs> he breaks someone's arm and the hand comes off. Um, very, very like, oh, yeah. um, so, very, very the, the Black Knight and Monty Python just keeps chopping his arms yeah. and legs mm-hmm. off. And, uh, and, and then, so the like I was saying, you can enjoy it if you suspend your issues with stereotyping of like Jama- the entire Jamaican people. Oh, but no. during the film, him and his like do-gooding cleanup gang uh, invent a magic gun that doesn't make any noise. It's a machine gun. And then they pack it into like a secret suitcase and take it on a flight to Jamaica where they're almost instantly cured of their racism when they when they see the real Jamaica. But then they still have to waste Screwface. And uh, it happens within about <laughs> with, 15 with, minutes. With the magical quiet gun. Yeah. Oh my God. And it works a treat. This sounds fantastic. Okay. I was going to say, can yeah. you play a clip, but it's a quiet gun, so we wouldn't hear it. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, this, <laughs> this is a clip of Screwface. Look, Bundy, smart man. I'm dead. And I don't even know it. He's actually really, really good. Is it's he like actually pro- Jamaican? Yeah, it's a, oh, okay. Yeah, it's so not. It's not, not as bad as that. What's, right, what, okay. what's the movie called again? Sorry, I need to it's look at the cast for this. For death. Marked for death by okay. Steven Seagal. Okay, I if need you're to find from this. Jamaica and you're listening to the show, please cleanse our palette by sending some actually like you know appropriate Jamaican films. But like Screwface as a baddie is a decent badass baddie. Okay. He, he's okay. he's one of the best bits of the whole film. Mm. Trying to see if there's, I'm trying to see if there's anyone else I recognise from this film. Keith David, I recognise. He plays Max. Danny Trejo's in it. Of course he is, because of course Danny Trejo is in a. But the other good thing is in this film is that the soundtrack is genuinely brilliant. Mm. Then there's like some Jimmy Cliff. In fact, I'll play. I've got a clip of it here. <laughs> wow. Banger. It's a really good soundtrack, yeah. and it made me think we should start a playlist. Yeah, let's do it. And this could be the first film soundtrack we add to it. Okay. Be a resident tastemaker. Yeah, Yeah. I'd be up for that. I recommend you go and find the soundtrack. It's brilliant. I would also add this. I would add the soundtrack to a movie. I feel like you'd appreciate this. I don't know if I might have talked about it on the podcast before, but a movie called The Guest. Have you seen The Guest? Yes. Uh, which is and like the and the soundtrack is like really kind of like synthy electro. Mm-hmm. It's really good. And then instead of making a sequel, they uh, they basically this uh, the director and the composer made a concept album, hmm. and that's the second that's the sequel to the movie. Is that's this so like cool. electro concept album? And he was like, yeah, we might do a sequel to it eventually, but there isn't it. There is a kind of a sequel in this album but The Guest is actually a really good movie it came out in like maybe 2016 and it's 20 maybe probably before that but it's it's kind of like you have to be able to suspend your disbelief a little bit it's quite like you know uh, what's his name's Dan isn't it M. Night no it's no. not no it's not M. Night does he have no. a similar um, movie called something like The Guest he probably does yeah, yeah okay. but it's it's uh, this guy who comes who uh, this former marine who comes to visit the family of like his uh, one of his the former soldiers that he was with who died and it turns out 
he basically turns out he's like a psycho. He's like the T2000 or 1000, whatever it is, in Terminator 2. And he's just indestructible, <laughs> invincible, and he kills everybody. But sounds it's a great. really good movie, yeah, and it has a really great. cool soundtrack. And it's the guy, and one of the guys. It's Massive Core. Pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> it is Massive Core. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the guest is Massive Cool. Yeah, but that's another good soundtrack. That's another good soundtrack. So that was just Screwface then. <laughs> <laughs> Popping in. He's screwing with us. Classic <laughs> Screwface. Yeah. <laughs> screwface. What have you been Stop watching, it. Sophie? Uh, okay. I'm guessing not Steven Seagal movies. No, but you must be you, must be getting low down the list now. You're at day four thousand of your. You guys need to help me out because okay. I'm losing my faith in Guy Ritchie because I just watched his latest well, film. You don't have to yeah, like. You don't him. have to have faith in Guy Ritchie. I love like Snatch is a top twenty, maybe even yeah. top ten all time fave of mine. Again, one of those movies where you really have to put your stare. <laughs> you have to put your prejudices. One hundred percent. Prejudice. One hundred percent. But from a filmmaking standpoint, it's just like a great film. Yeah. And I, mean, I personally... Yeah, like, does not sound convinced. Oh, no, I think I Snatch is... I think Snatch, no, I do think Snatch is great. I just think there's certain a lot of elements of it that are problematic. Yeah, what, yeah. yeah, yeah. Brad, and, and, as an Irishman, Brad Pitt's accent. Would you say um, Lockstock better or worse than Snatch? I would, Lockstock is great. Lockstock is good, but I prefer Snatch, mm. I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I always liked his filmmaking style and the past few films that I've seen from him have just been very disappointing. Is, is the gentleman, gentleman as well I didn't film? like. Yeah. I like I found that even more offensive than Snatch. Really? And but that's 15 years later. So yeah. it's like, what are you doing? And uh, I don't know if you've seen he just released a new film called The Covenant. Yeah, is this it's on not like, Prime? It's on Prime, okay. And yeah. it's with Jake Gyllenhaal, who it's I don't know what he thing, I don't know what the f- he's doing with his career like jake i think he just lost the blow like after ambulance and now this film i'm like i don't know what you're doing which is a shame he can do what he wants he can do he's, what, a, yeah. he's a glorious man with a glorious beard he can do whatever he wants yeah i guess so but it was the first film that he actually didn't act well i was like oh jake is overreacting he, oh actually he was either overreacting or massively underreacting okay um the, i mean the film is like a ripoff of i don't know lone survivor saving private Ryan, Hurt Locker. It's like a true it looks story. Even, even from the, I, I watched the trailer, which for some reason the trailer was like, the trailer was really long or at least it felt very long. The film is very it. long as well. But yeah, so I watched the trailer and um, the trailer felt really long, but it just looked, it looked like American Sniper. It looked like he had just, Taking like the color palette and like the style of shooting and everything straight yeah. out of American Sniper. Exactly. There is nothing unique. There's nothing Guy Ritchie about generic that film. War movie, like generic, a generic Afghanistan generic, war movie. Which doesn't make sense because Guy Ritchie's not even American, but it's like a very American friendly movie. Mm. His career has gone in in a weird way. Like he just did the didn't he do Aladdin? Aladdin and, and now he's doing Hercules. He's doing Hercules now. Like he's gone. He's Aladdin somehow, into smoking barrels. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's like he's he's now he's now moving his way into like Disney movies, and I think he's talked about doing another Sherlock Holmes, hasn't he? With with Robert Downey Jr. Oh, I, I love the Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. I just realized I yeah, didn't so really I did... like the second one. I liked the yeah. first one. I thought the first one was really good. The second yeah. one I didn't think was great. It's yeah. The first one where there's a scene and there's a waterfall and then he disappears at the end, doesn't he? Oh, I can't remember. I mean, the first one has that really like those ridiculous like uh, scenes where it goes into slow motion, <laughs> yeah. and then like he does a dissecting of how he's like. Uh, crack jaw, punch, all this kind of stuff. Quite, quite Poirot. Yeah, like part, part, yeah, Poirot, but like trying to make it like cool and mm. sexy and edgy. Rebooted the Poirot debrief. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's what, honestly, yeah. the way Guy Ritchie's career is going next, if a Hercule Poirot film is on the horizon, I would not be surprised. <laughs> yeah. That's true. 
It's kind of like uh, what Glass Onion was in a way, isn't it? Yeah, oh, but yeah. not as bad. But yeah, I don't know. Like I am waiting for the redemption film. It better be Hercules because that wasn't a good look. Or he could, well, he could ruin Hercules completely. I hope not. My favorite Disney. Uh, is that Her- your favorite yeah. Disney animation? Yeah, yeah. Hercules. Hercules. Well, Hercules, you know, the Greek, the Greek god Hercules. Oh, it's like a mythology. Yeah, so there's a, was it like a 90s yeah, animated yeah. movie? It's like, really good. Along it's with really Lion good. King, like Simon, you would love yeah. it. I think I it's right up your alley. King, I think it's right up your alley. Hercules because it has it's a bit sarcastic and a bit like yeah it's yeah. like Danny DeVito plays yeah. like this fawn <laughs> who like trains him to be a hero and then um James Wo- James Woods plays Hades and it's just Iconic. oh god it's he's he's it's one of the like speaking of, we're going to talk about like villains that you empathize with in a bit like Her- Hades in that movie is just so relatable because he is just like, <laughs> everybody else is just kind of like so up their own arse and then Hades is Kind of just like trying to get on with shit. It's uh, he's so good. I would recommend watching if you if you need something to watch with Olive. Yeah, watch yeah. Hercules. It's good. Okay. Love good it. songs in it as well. Oh yeah, great yeah. song. It's not Elton, is it? I don't think it's Elton. If I don't it, think yeah, so. I don't remember. I mean, Elton. in the next one, if it's being directed by Guy Ritchie, I it could very, very well. Could the be main Elton. reason why I have this thing about Lion King is that I was once at a fireworks display and they played the Circle of Life in the background, which is like <laughs> a song from it, and it really yeah. put me off watching the film. No, Hercules yeah. has nothing to do with that. Okay. That's not that's not the vibe with Hercules. Cool. Yeah. yeah, and to be well, to be honest, like oh, the Lion King's good, but I'm not. Like I know everybody's really, like, it's not my favorite, it's not my favorite Disney film, I'll say, I'll say that, like, it's not. Gasp sound effect. Yeah. <gasps> what is your favorite Disney film? Oh, I don't know. I watched, Z- I, well, I talked with this a couple of weeks ago, I watched Zootopia really recently, and that's bloody brilliant. I think mm. that's a Disney one. Favorite yeah. Pixar film is easy, Disney film is harder, because I feel like I don't. Ah. No, The Incredibles. Oh, of course yeah. it would be. It's so good. It's basically Watchmen in a cartoon form, and a million times better than the Watchmen movie. What's the film with the chickens? The film with the chickens? Yeah, like the chickens got away or something. Chicken like, run. Uh, and the translation in Greek was like, the chickens got away. Like, <laughs> the, clay, the claymation <laughs> that was, movie. That's the Aardman that one, isn't it? That's Aardman. Chicken, that's a great movie. Yeah, that's, yeah I was um, going to say. Yeah, with, yeah. It was Mel, what, Mel the, Gibson as the lead, as the lead rooster. Yeah. What was the title here? Chicken Run. Oh, Chicken Run. Okay. It was, chicken <laughs> and then the, it was after yeah. uh, The Wrong Trousers, wasn't it? Yeah. That's a great yeah, one. It's a, a great it's an film. Movie. Yeah. You know, they yeah. make that frame by frame with, with clay. Oh my God. And that was like 2003 as well. Like Chicken Run's quite a nut. Chicken Run's like probably 20 years old now. Mm. Very old. Or close to it. Super That'd be underrated. Good when we get the anniversary of Chicken Run, we should Always watch that. Always gets wheeled out at Christmas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Such a fantastic film. Uh, ben, what have you been watching? Not that much. I've been watching a lot of trashy television. Great. Um, which I, below I, Deck. No, not Below Deck. I've been watching The Ultimatum on Netflix. What's that? Um, it's a show where <laughs> a bunch of couples go on as a reality thing and one of them wants to get married and the other one doesn't. And then they're told, okay, now you all just need to flirt with these other couples. And then they have to they have to pick a person from one of the other couples to then live with for like three weeks. And then at the end of the three weeks, they decide, do they want to marry their original partner? Do they want to marry this new person for some bizarre reason? Or do they want to be single? It's fucking crazy. It's, it's like the producers asked Chad GPT, how can we create the most drama? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the plot. Yeah, it basically put into, it, they, putting into Chad GPT, what happens when you combine Love Island with Love is Blind <laughs> yeah. and Married at First Sight and all of the other trashy reality television programs and, and this is what you get. Um, I watched in preparation for Mission Impossible coming out next month, I watched Rogue Nation. I wasn't willing to go all the way back to the start and watch the first Mission Impossible because I think yeah. watching... What is it? Seven films now would be a bit of a stretch. 
So I went back to Rogue Nation because I think that's my favorite one. And I had, do you know what? I had a re, like I had a really in, deep internal struggle with myself because hmm. last week I was thinking about like oh, like my top ten movies list, and in the list I had Casino Royale and I had Rogue Nation wow. as like two action movies Good in there. Lord. And I thought to myself, I was like, I can't have both. I have to have one. And the struggle between having Mission Impossible or Bond was more Bond more difficult than I thought it was going to be. Week. I bet you'll go with Bond. Uh, of course, well, of course, I went with Bond. My <laughs> deep emotional connection with Bond obviously won over. But I, I really do think if you want, like, if you want a good action movie that is just like really good set pieces and and like kind of an interesting story and and like just looks really good, the latest Mission Impossible movies are kind of hard to beat like they are really really so like Christopher McQuarrie is just really good at action movies like since he joined and started writing and directing them he's just really good at it like he re- he kind of gets like spy espionage action movies and so yeah I was I had this weird like stru- like I generally sat there looking at my phone being like oh god am I gonna have to am I gonna take Casino Royale off the- no I'm not gonna no. I'm not gonna take Casino Royale off the list no 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 that would so be Casino stuff, but yeah, I watch, I rewatched that recently because I think Rogue Nation is my favorite. Of the world. Obviously, Fallout, which was the Henry Cavill one, which is Fallout was great. Fallout was really good, and I'm really looking forward to the next two. I know, I mean, it's yeah. I don't know why movies need to be part one and two. It's not the you know doesn't make sense. No, um, but we'll wait and see. I, I I think it could be I think it could be good, but unfortunately, as we were talking before the podcast, it comes out the week before Oppenheimer, so. Tom Cruise seems to be on like the rampage now trying to get other other companies to move their release dates and stuff because it comes out on the 12th of July and then one week later you have Oppenheimer and Barbie which are probably the two most anticipated movies of the summer. Yeah, he's literally so. calling up movie execs being like, you need to do something about this because I need every single need IMAX do, screen out to, there. You need to do Big Daddy T a favor, come yeah. on. The, um, the Scientology call center has been reassigned. Yeah, exactly. The savior of the cinema has arrived. Yeah. I'm back, baby. Back off, Nolan, yeah. it's my time. Yeah. But yeah, so I watched uh, that and I, I did really enjoy that. I got Ellie to watch it as well and, and she she liked it. Um, oh. so that's, always, that's always a good sign if Ellie liked it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's a good reminder. I think I'm going to watch a couple as well in preparation yeah i would say, watch rogue nation and follow because yeah. the, the, these three kind of seem to like this is almost like a trilogy in their own yeah. like the other the earlier ones kind of have a bit more of a disconnect between them whereas they, they've been very much going for like the linear story with the characters kind of connecting a little bit more mm-hmm. which I, which i think helps as well i think you gotta respect him yeah even if he has some religious beliefs i don't agree with i mean similar to the roy family it's all he has yeah. I feel like that's his legacy. Yeah. So. What's this? It's a movie. No. No, I liked it. No. Can I say something? No. I don't get it. What don't you get about it? Simon suggested we talk about those horrible fictional characters that we end up empathizing anyway. I mean, it depends really. I think you and I, Ben, were talking about this before the podcast because we're thinking sometimes it's all about the writing. Right, it's about mm. how you write the character, and they can be straight up horrible. And then, if if you show the if you show the tragic backstory, or if something happens halfway through in terms of how you see the character, you can change how you relate to them. Yeah, what's the redemption moment? That what's makes the redemption? Like and them? if there is a redemption moment, so yeah, we asked you to share your opinions on the topic, and we got some amazing responses. Let's take a look at some of them and see if we agree or disagree. I think we're not going to be able to (laughs) agree with all of them. Jessica said what 
a few of our other listeners said, Walter White. So Walter White from Breaking Bad. He was a terrible person who did terrible things, but I still felt bad for him when he lost everything and died alone. How do we feel about Walter White? I don't know if I felt bad for him in the end. I mean, like Succession, he kind of gets what he deserves in the end. I don't necessarily know if I feel bad for him. You know, everything he did leads up to that. I mean, initially, yes, but then it gets so extreme and ridiculous that it just goes beyond... Well, yeah, of course, yeah. But that's that's more so just the ending itself rather yeah. than him as a character. Like you know. the machine gun in the back of the... Yeah, in the back of the car. This is also what we talked about before we started recording, Ben, where it's like, I think you feel differently about characters depending on when the change, quote-unquote, yeah. happens. Because Walter White, was, his entire life was a decent guy. And then... Yeah cancer happened and then his life progressed into what he progressed and then he basically his morals went out the window and i think with him he gets he gets progressively worse as the seasons go on as well like he get like the things he does get and i think what's the interesting thing and i think the reason i never really felt as bad for him is because the character with stuff like the poisoning of um the kid with the Mm -hmm. whatever the the flower like the flower of the widow valley i can't remember what it's called but this, you know, he plays the innocent character so much, and then we we only know we only know as the audience that he's done these awful things. Like people like Jesse and all don't know that he poisoned the kid for, I think until or Brock, that's the kid's name is, to, or if he even ever finds out, you know. And so, how much he hid of all the awful things that he did. That's kind of why I didn't really have that much sympathy for him in the end. But then mm-hmm. again, well. I have to think back to it, like to what thinking back to watching that final episode. Did I want him to get away with it in the end? Yeah, yeah. I don't I mean, know. That's Maybe the, I did. I mean, that's the tricky part because I, I did I want I, him to ride off into the sunset? You know. Yeah, David says, "Okay, that's that. That one is wild." Cersei Lannister from Game of Thrones. No. She was a cruel and selfish queen who deserved to die, but I still feel sorry for her when she lost her children and when she died in Jaime's arms. <laughs> Didn't feel sorry for her when she died in Jaime's arms. Not at all. No. Yeah. Didn't feel sorry for her then, no. She's you didn't evil. watch Game of Thrones, did you, say? Yeah. I watched the first couple yeah. of episodes. Okay. She's so evil. you saw Cersei at her best then? Oh, she's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> the walk of shame I didn't like, but I mean, that's... Shame. shame yeah. But I mean, that was a bit extreme. But yeah, I mean, I don't mind her dying. Mike, um, <laughs> Ben, you're going to have thoughts on this one. Darth Vader. He was a ruthless and powerful... St- Sith Lord, who killed yes. countless people, but he also had a good side and redeemed himself by saving Luke and killing the Emperor. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know about that now. I don't, I think... <laughs> it's too ridiculous to discuss. <laughs> Is it too ridiculous? I mean, I would disagree. I think, but he's yeah. like a, He's like a funny baddie, isn't he? It's not like you're not really Darth Vader's the original baddie. Like yeah, Darth he's Vader's the OG. The ori- he's the, yeah. the OG. Before that film came out, there were no baddies. There were baddies, but there was no one like him. There's yeah. no one like yeah, him. exactly. I, yeah, the I plot twist, buddy. Yeah, I don't think I don't think because of his one redeeming bit at the end, there's mm. much to get past. I also think you don't like the the villains that you I think are the horrible people that you sympathize with. You get more backstory from them than Vader, exactly. You know, or yeah. or at least you get you get more time with them. Like yeah. the one that I was talking about beforehand is like, and I mean you'll know this I funnily enough because even though it's a Marvel movie the in the guy in Black Panther mm. Killmonger's character who even though is a bad guy and kills people you get to the end of it and you kind of feel like hang on wait 
wait, why is why is he why has he died now? Is that really mm-hmm. a deserving end for him? And actually, should we be thinking more of the way he thinks and stuff like that? And yeah, I think you need you need more time with those characters than you get. Listen, you get fucking six movies with Darth Vader, but yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think you have. I wouldn't say <laughs> <laughs> he was that redeemed for me just because he throws the emperor off a bridge. <laughs> Simon, I would like your thoughts on this one. Kate says, Kendall Roy from Succession. He was a ruthless and ambitious businessman who tried to overthrow his father and betray his siblings, but he also had a lot of personal struggles and vulnerabilities that made him made me feel for him. Yeah, because like I agree with that because mm-hmm. those children have been so manipulated by their circumstances. They, they, they're literally like the product of a dreadful father basically and i think kendall kendall moso like he's yeah. the, like kendall you, like succession is four seasons of kendall just being beaten down consistent season four is kind of like or at least for, for a couple of episodes like how kendall got his groove back yeah and is like him rebuilding himself and coming to the top and then obviously we get to the end it's like you imagine your whole life was being gaslit by your own parents mm-hmm. yeah like that's yeah. what happens with their mother being potentially even worse than their oh, dad God. if that's even possible but like anyway i i genuinely think that succession is about kendall in a way and that's his like which is why probably why succession the final scene ends with Kendall, but we can talk about this later. But on the like on what Kate said, um, I listened to the HBO podcast where they had Jeremy Strong in the very final episode of the of the show, and he said something that really stuck with me. He said, "The siblings' love language is abuse." Mm. because that's like this is how they receive love from their parents so even when they want to communicate love to each other they do so by abusing and betraying and like yeah because like all they know is like being being used by their own parents being picked up and used as like pawns yeah and also like pitted against each other and then they're with each other then they're against each other then it's just relentlessly disturbing for them exactly and then obviously that plays out in their own personalities and that's why Mm. we all love succession because it's so layered and nuanced that i think that's what jesse armstrong does really well from like the writing in peep show say which i think is just as good as succession it's like he knows character undercurrents really well he knows like what makes people tick and he can write about Mm. it Mm. and that's why so many people i think have keyed into succession uh ben i think you had a couple of yeah yeah. someone on the someone on the comments i can't remember whose name it was but they i I don't know have you watched toy story 3 simon have you watched it with your little girl no the villain in Toy Story Three is called Lots Lots of Hug and Bear, <laughs> and I think what was it? What was the point that they made? And I I kind of I kind of agreed with this and empathised with this a little bit. But they said um, Lots of Hug and Bear from Toy Story Three from Mister Egan. He he'd had his heart ripped open and just wanted to protect his nearest and dearest. He just had a tad milit. He was just a tad militant in his approach. <laughs> tad militant, <laughs> a great a tad militant a combination. Someone also brought up Magneto. The guy's a supremacist, yet somehow the actors make him good, which is a really good point because. Like Magneto in the X Men movies is a dreadful character, but the like the performances from um, like Ian McKellen in the first X Men, not so much as it goes on because the because the writing in the movies gets a little bit shit. But and then Michael Fassbender again in X Men First Class, so just a really good kind of portrayal of this tormented person who's just kind of out for revenge that you do kind of empathise with at times. But then it's kind of you, I find you switch back and forth with someone like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple of people said <sighs> Hannibal. 
now. I'm, I'm, I'm ca- <laughs> we need more info. DM us. Yeah, don't just uh, say Hannibal. Hitler and downfall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't see it. And Alex from my clockwork. Clockwork no, Orange. Again. Also, DM us. I, 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 think you've <laughs> ma- I think you've missed the point of the question. We're not just talking about horrible people. Period. Yeah. yeah. I have, like, I can't empathize with Alex. Like, I just, I no. don't see, the, yeah. I can't but, empathize with Hannibal. He eats people for a living. Someone said, and la- that's the last one, uh, Neil from Heat. I know you oh, mentioned Neil. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Especially the romantic aspirations of his character in Heat. Right. Where he just wants to meet that girl in the in the restaurant and then, you know, basically leave all his problems behind and fl- <laughs> flee to like, where does he want to go? Like Thailand or something. Yeah. yeah. And then you kind of want him to be able to do that. And maybe he can have a new start and whatever, but he just dumps her in the car, doesn't he? And walks away. And because his maxim is if you can't walk away from something in 20 seconds, don't get involved with it. Classic. Um, and he sees it through. <laughs> so he's a cons- he's a man of consistency, <laughs> which I do admire. Classic Neil. It's just not a bad guy's name, Neil. Yeah, I, don't know why, no. yeah, I, think, I think the more you find out about any human tends to help, like, with empathy. Yeah. This is why Darth Vader killed Obi-Wan. Now we know. <laughs> exactly the thing is, right. like, when people say films like Star Wars or Joker, like, in my head, like, they're, like, entertainment films. So I don't take them as seriously as, like, I don't know why. This is just my personally, like, they're entertainment, like, fun films but then i guess that's why i bring up something like black panther because these like quote unquote like fantasy films comic books or sci-fi whatever can have a message as well like, totally, like yeah. and, and you can have characters that you do connect with on a kind of a weird like that's what we spoke in the last episode i saw the latest guardians of the galaxy movie and really touching and actually it's because marvel movies have been quite shit for the last couple of years <laughs> like you know Throw, they throw you one little bone and you're sobbing your eyes out. Yeah, exactly. Well, not even they throw me a bone. They throw me a film that's not just about like this massive fucking universe of all these different things. It was just about a group of people and it was a character thing and it was much more interesting. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with the final episode of Succession. Oh, look, a message from our sponsor. G.I. Jane 2. Can't wait to see it. Nah, yo, hold my food. Hey, yo, what's up? Y'all got a problem? Y'all want some of this? Without much further ado. Here we go again. Today, we're going to talk about the series finale of Succession, one of the most acclaimed HBO shows of the past decade. If you haven't seen it yet, stop listening right now Mm -hmm. and go watch it. We're going to spoil everything. This is your last and final warning. Okay, so in the last uh, episode of Succession, titled With Open Eyes, I would like your thoughts on on the title. We see the Roy family in their most desperate and dramatic state yet. On one side, we have Sheep, who has been working with Lucas Machen, the tech billionaire who wanted to buy Waystar and make her his US CEO, supposedly. Mm -hmm. On the other side, we have Kendall, who is trying to stop the sale and become the new leader of Waystar himself. And in the middle, we have Roman, who is still recovering from his father's funeral and is unsure where his loyalty lay. Um, The siblings all fly to Barbados. I mean, this is, okay, we're gonna talk about it, but I'm just so excited about that scene where their mother Caroline invites them. Then they try to persuade Roman to join their side while also dealing with their personal issues. Meanwhile, back in New York, Tom is having a series of awkward meetings with Madsen trying to secure his position in the new regime. He also has a tense phone call with Shiv who suggests they get back together. As the board board approaches, it seems that Kendall has managed to win over Roman and Shiv to form a united front with his siblings against Madsen. We need to talk about that scene in the kitchen because my favorite scene of the entire episode. 
We then, I don't know if anyone remembers uh, the Great Allocation scene well. That was probably my second favorite scene. The Great what scene? Great Reallocation scene. Oh, where it's yeah. A Con- like Logan's old house, not Connor's house. Oh, yeah. And we where see the home video. The and we see that the home so video. so funny. <laughs> with, his, with his like sticker tours that yeah. he was booking in. And then it turned out he'd already secretly done a first yeah. pass for himself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love the home video, like how they reacted to Logan. That was just, yeah, seems like from the grave. That scene showed that they were always going to be the kids. They were never going to be taken seriously. And this scene is also important because it's when Tom tells Shiv that he's going to be, he gives her a heads up that he's going to be the CEO. It's me. It's me. It's happening, bitch. Uh, But then everything changes. And enter board meeting scene. Yeah, the final board meeting. Uh, okay, before we get into the that board vote meeting, we're not calling it a scene. It's more like a series of scenes yeah. in a way. Uh, what did you make of the episode up until that point? Be- before we enter that like plotline, what did you think was going to happen? Did you have any assumptions or guesses? Honestly, I still didn't know. I, and I think that's okay. a real testament to the writings that Same. even up to the end of it, I was so tense going going into that board meeting scene because it still felt like anything could happen. And either way, whatever happened, it was going to blow up. Like it was going, something was going to happen. If there were enough votes to allow Kendall to take over, I think that would have been a letdown because it would have been so too, quite a also, smooth landing. I, 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 I thought it was going to, I thought there was going to be some conflict like that. I didn't necessarily know it was going to come from Shiv though. I thought there was obviously, we have like Logan's brother is there. There's, mm. um, Stewie's character, what's his line? He's like, he's like, I like, was it like, I like bad drugs and... Oh, Acti- yeah. Activist, activist. <laughs> I like weird sex. I like bad drugs. I'm a very complicated individual. Bullshit. Bullshit. You like pancakes and waffles and you kiss guys on... He was trying to paint himself as a really racy character yeah. and then the other's like, dude, that's not who you're like. Yeah, well, exactly. That's it. But I genuinely thought like his whole thing from the start has been like, it's been money, money, money. Mm. And... Yeah, he was loyal you know, after all. Or yeah, loyal. weirdly, but I genuinely thought like he, he there could be, so, yeah, he could fuck it over. I think there is a universe out there where Kendall actually wins because, yeah, they did agree back in Barbados. And I mean, this is more of a question for you and what what did you think of like Shiv saying first in the first place? For me, that didn't make a lot of sense. And if I have one issue with the entire episode, it's probably Shiv's character progression. Uh, in a couple of, uh, I don't know, scenes, I was like, is this... Shape because it felt a bit weird. Shape's like a pheasant running around from allegiance-wise, flipping allegiance all the mm. time. So it's quite unpredictable. Right. And actually, I, I wonder, is it that, like, I wonder, is it that at the end, with Shiv knowing that Tom will be CEO, is it in her head she knows the best outcome for me is is maybe it is Tom. It's not Kendall. She she has, she has more say, having, Tom, having Tom's child... She has more say in what happens to Waystar than she would if Kendall was in, Kendall was in charge. Yeah, that's what she thinks. But ultimately, for all her faux feminism, she's, she's uh, yeah, she's ending up a wife, right? With mm. with no real title. I don't think she's gonna stay in the company. But um, my, I don't know if you guys caught that. You know how when they went back to the HQ and Kendall sat at Logan's chair. Did you notice Shiv's look at him? She couldn't bear the look of him 
on the chair. Mm. And I thought that was your moment where she was like, I, I can't I, stomach I, this. Like, I can't. It feels like to me, her decision was more spite than it was spite. a positive decision to like, just give everyone a clean break. Cause that would be the nice way to look at it. Oh, the, the siblings are all out of the business. They can just move on with their lives and get out of this toxic place. But it didn't feel like that at all. Yeah. It felt more like a spiteful, messy. Well, it felt like a spite, like it them again reverting to just being kids. And yeah. Like yeah. Doing it to, like, as you say, like an out of spite thing, almost mm-hmm. like petulant children being like, well, mm-hmm. if I can't have it, the last person I want to have it is you. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And, that, and next week she'll regret it and want yeah. to turn it around again. And exactly. They won't be able to. Yeah. Because in the, and I mean, we do have the clip if we want to play it, but there are, there are certain moments when they have that fight after. Is it? Shave the first says, oh, I need a minute. Can I have a moment, please? Just fuck off. I just need a moment. Roman is there, and I think he rattles as well because he ha- he's, he looks yes. at Jerry, uh, and like he realizes, oh, shit, it's not what, me. Whether you want us to keep the company or hand it over to Tom and that piece of shit who killed our dad? Uh, I might have changed my mind. What the fuck? Yeah, actually, for a second in that scene, I thought Roman was going to say no. Yeah, but me too. But then he kind of goes, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, doesn't he kind of does his usual yeah. Roman thing? Yeah, me too. I can do this. I don't think you'd be good at it. What? I don't... Um, and then, I yeah, I don't, she I don't starts to say all sorts of things, as in, I fucking love you, but I can't stomach you. Oh, actually, you can't be the CEO because you would be terrible at it. You can't be the CEO because you killed someone. You can't be CEO. You can't because you killed someone. She starts she's to making come up, up loads of reasons. Loads yeah. of reasons what? as to why, because it's not her, he can't have it either. Yeah. Um, and my whole take is that I know you're probably going to disagree with me, but I do think that Kendall kind of proved himself as a as the best yeah, because, CEO compared to the other two. That's why the arc of this episode is so good because the speech in the church, which I thought was incredible, really showed him as potential CEO material. And the presentation with Living Plus. Yeah, that was that was not <laughs> that bad. Was, and then the, yeah, the and then the church thing and you're like, hang on a minute, this they're, they're kind of setting him up here. Yeah. yeah. But then of course they were setting him he's up always, to cut him down. He's always been the only one who realistically who you saw in a real world who you would say he is the one who you yep. would give it to. And he's done the job. Yeah. Even for a while, like for a brief but we st- let's not forget, we start like the whole series, if you go right back to it, the first episode is him building up to his dad announcing that Kendall's about to take over. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of turns yeah. on its head because he's built up that for years and years mm-hmm. and years. Mm-hmm. He's always been the yeah. one. And then Roman gets very nasty as well in the conversation because um, Kendall goes, I'm the eldest boy. I am the eldest boy. You're not. And you know, it, this, it mattered to him. He wanted this to go on. Well, I mean, she's the bloodline though. What? I'm the, I'm the bloodline. We're all the fucking No, bloodline. I just mean if you're going to play that card, dad's view was yours weren't real. What the fuck did you just say? Well, just not real. Real. Rome. Well, and then Roman's said. like, dude, like, you don't, your children are not even your own biological children, yeah. so you don't have a bloodline, so fuck off. So it's just like evil. Well, it's just them throwing spite at one another, and that's when he grabs, because they, he, he makes the comment about the kids, because there's the stuff in, in the first season as well where, like, isn't it Logan slaps Kendall's son and stuff like that because... I think they, I'm not sure if they're saying the kid has like, he has like, I don't know. He's just like, has autism or something like that. I think is what they're saying. Mm. And like Logan slaps him and there's the big scene at the dinner party. And that's the comment that um, Roman makes. And then he grabs him by the throat. And I mean, even then I watching it, I was like, even then if you're the board members, you look over and you go, yeah, can I, can I, can I change my vote? Can I, 
Can I, can I vote differently? I don't know if I want the guy who's strangling someone in an office that just has glass walls. <laughs> like, well, I mean, I got kind of they've scared. all done a deal with the devil to be in that room. Yeah. So well, I think exactly. that's the least that's of their worries. Yeah. yeah. I got quite scared when you go physical with Shave as well, being pregnant and all that. Like, I was, I was like, maybe there's something's going to happen. He's going to, like, I don't know, fuck up your child. <laughs> like, yeah. and, like, my mind went there for a second. Two things I was expecting that didn't happen was one was I thought Shiv's kid was going to be fathered by somebody else, by the, uh, what, mm. like, the like Lucas or someone. Or the I thought that was going to be a mega work, twist. Well, with. that's the thing with Succession. We never see like the plot twists that happen. We've seen them on screen in like as foreshadowing. We never see, and I love that the show does that. You never get a plot twist as like, oh, it's been behind the scenes all along, and you could have never guessed it. It's more like. If you were watching closely, it was there. Mm. So for me, if, they would, if they'd done something like that, it would be pretty dumb. Too obvious. Yeah. As in like, oh yeah, by the way, I was sleeping with Nate. Like all the, all oh my yeah, life. I forgot about y- Nate. Yeah. yeah. I never quite yeah. understood how Nate factored into everything. He was either like a, <laughs> was he like a PR guy or something? I can't remember. I think he was like they a were, spin doctor. Yeah, for like, like a, the, yeah, yeah, communication. For the, for yeah. The I never quite understood. Candidate, yeah. yeah. And then the other thing was uh, Connor. I thought, to me, he also had this undercurrent of darkness. And I thought he was quite a scary mm. character for a long time. Because he, he mm. seemed like the kind of guy that could flip and have yeah. this really dark side. But they never that never really never surfaced. Yeah. And, and I, he ended up becoming quite quite likable, actually, towards <laughs> the end. Like, Connor was the one that I, I kind of warmed to a bit. He just becomes a bit, well, I don't know. Like, 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 like the, he becomes quite pathetic towards yeah, the end. Yeah, like the reassignment yeah. scene. It was just, I found that really funny. Well, that's so what I was mean, surprised yeah. that I, I <laughs> thought, yeah, one of the things that was going, I thought one of the options that they could have gone with to how does this change is that it goes back to the election thing. But I guess we all just live, they all just live in a world now where this scary fascist is uh, president of America. Mm. Even though she did allude to the fact that this could all be yeah. bullshit, which I like. And I do think that she's right, that it's not going to be the case. Well, do you remember Willa's face when she said that? Because Willa was like, oh shit, I did want a long distance relationship. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so we have the fight that's turning physical and then the vote goes seven, um, seven, seven six. six against the Roy's. And we see Kendall leaving, departing. Um, Martin arrives for a deal signing photo op. And then, yeah, Tom new, is locked in to become new CEO, the new CEO. Tom Wamskans. Madsen, Madsen's dance yeah. is yeah. shocking. Oh, God. So it's so cringe. Who mm. do we think makes the cut from the deal? Who, so Carl and Frank are going to be fired. I think maybe the communications person, what's her name? Carolina. Uh, Carolina, I think, probably makes the cut. Okay. Of all, and Tom and Greg. Well, I reckon Tom, who's now the pain sponge for yeah, Lucas, he'll want to pass on some of that pain to Greg. So he'll keep Greg on. Oh, yeah. As a but that's what, yeah. so that, so that. What would I, be his I, title, though? I don't what would know. he be like VP yeah. or COO or something? Oh, SV, my God. SVP of pain. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like like when that, he puts, but like that, that going on from the scene where everybody goes around the house putting stickers on things that they want when he puts the sticker on Greg's forehead that was like that was just that Greg and Tom relationship was just perfect my god because that's been built especially since halfway through that episode we all we think Greg has fucked it for Tom because Greg does that weird thing where he fucking Google translates the Swedish conversation while yeah that's the only bit in that episode I couldn't quite follow I was like what's in it for Greg to L- but Greg is just playing both. Greg is yeah, just playing, playing both camps yeah, as he exactly. always did. Yeah. yeah, and now I think he's almost in a worse position now because now 
Tom is in charge. And it's like, oh shit, it's like, because he had kind of backed Kendall. out. And he got caught out, yeah. And he's hearing Kendall is getting votes. Yeah. So he's just prepping. And one of the things that Greg always had in in the power play was that his granddad, Logan's brother, had the the board vote. And Greg Mm -hmm. doesn't have that power anymore. Right. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. I'm so glad Greg didn't win. But that, yeah. When when I he's mean, just like, am I okay? Am I okay? And what is it? He, he's like, you're fucked, you're fucked, you're fucked or something like that. But I think I have enough capital to keep you around. And then he puts the sticker on his forehead because he's his. I think Greg is worse than Tom. I think he loved Shiv at some point. I think at some point he's like, he was loyal Greg, to... Tom, what, what? Greg was loyal to Shiv Tom, or Tom? I okay, think Tom yeah. was loyal. I, and, I think, and I think Tom has at least had... Tom nailed his colors to the mast early and doesn't really change whereas greg literally flip-flops at every every for every episode greg is either with madison or he's with the kids or he's with Madison. he's like all over the place whereas tom kind of ever since the what is it at the end of season three when he rats the kids out to logan yeah, that and was he really dark and he's his, still with shiv at the time yeah exactly Horrible. but ever since then he's been that's been it like he's been mm-hmm. on that side of the fence he's with logan he wants the deal blah 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 blah, blah. Yeah. and i don't think he ever could have seen it that he'd be no. ceo it probably was in his head but as a maybe like a pipe dream that that could happen. And speaking of foreshadowing, I don't know if you guys remember in episode nine where we have the funeral of Logan and we have Shave, we have Greg and we have uh, Lucas and they kind of like sat around and Shave goes, oh, Tommy's at work and Lucas pays attention. Mm. And to, like mm. that that moment, like that came to me when they had the oh my god another great scene with Lucas and Tom like in the bar at the bar the restaurant when he called him his his pain sponge, but I realized that Lucas in the back of his head he was like oh this guy like he's putting in the work he didn't even show up at you know, Logan's funeral because he's doing the work so he was also setting it up which was great I mean but I don't know if Tom intended like knew that. Lucas was gonna pick him. No, he I knew don't think Lo- he, did. he knew Logan would. I think Logan wanted Tom, but I don't know if he expected Lucas to pick him. It's interesting though because I was listening to a thing with Jesse Armstrong where he said that he's known for a while, like I think maybe since season two, that Tom was always going to come on, come out on top. He was going to be the winner. Love it. It's quite refreshing to have a show that gets as big as success because arguably, like Succession is the biggest thing on TV right now, or it has been at least for like the last two years. Yeah. And to, well, A, have the guts to end it at four seasons and be like, this is it. The story's done. I don't want to tell anymore. We could keep going, but I'm not going to. And then to have that, you know, follow it all the way through and have Tom win it is just, you know, you see a lot of TV shows that don't do that and they go, oh shit, we're making so much money. Why don't we just, why don't we just keep going? And Mm -hmm. then it inevitably becomes shit and the vision becomes kind of diluted. Whereas Jesse Armstrong seems to, you know, I'm sure it was very difficult to walk away from all of the money that they were probably offering him, but to, for the sake of the story to then end it the way they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So moving to the final scenes of the show, we have Roman sitting alone at the bar, sipping a martini and kind of smiling. You can see he kind of smirks at the very end, like a subtle smirk. I think at this point he realized he's better off he just without his all bank the bullshit. balance on his phone. Yeah, and I think it's yeah, what you he said. He saw the billions of dollars he's in the bank account. Yeah, and he was like, I'm good. And also what you said, Ben, earlier before we started recording, um, I think it was at the board uh, vote scene where he was like, we're all bullshit. 
That was. I yeah. wanted I to pick up on that. That, that oh. for me was the mega line of the whole show. It's, it's bullshit. Yeah. We're all bullshit. Yeah, yeah this he is like bullshit. It. Yeah, he's but he's just broken. He's just done. Mm. Like I think for a while, Roman's kind of just want like it's been the last couple of episodes. He just wants out. Next scene, we have Tom riding home with Shiva, kind of like proffering his hand like an alpha monarch. As uh, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's alpha that's, monarch. I've literally my never God. heard that. In my life. I mean, that's the actual recap. Surely, monarch. Like, can you it. get higher than monarch? <laughs> This, yeah, this is more like uh, a feminine monarch mm, or a beta monarch. Mm. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of a bit of but he's mm. a beta monarch. Yeah. What is? Uh, she kind of takes his hand, but so, not fully. Yeah. That kind was half hearted. I know, obviously, it goes on to Kendall at the end, but that was my favorite of the mm. of the of the ending scenes. That just like laying her hand on his. That like she's like, I'll touch your hand, but I'm really not happy. It, about well, this. as like you were saying, this like it's very, or maybe it's you, Sophie, that it's very Macbeth. It's like. Mm-hmm. You know, halfway through Macbeth, he kills the king and now he's king and it all starts to crumble from there. And this couple who, you know, Macbeth and Lady Macbeth, who've done this awful thing but and they will continue to lie. But that's the thing what now. Next? The, it seems like the power dynamic of the relationship has changed Shifted. entirely. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's great to think what's going to happen with the child, but I mean, it's definitely going to be a present. I mean, or a I don't mother, think it's great for the child. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, it'd be interesting how they would use the child to, you know, oh. kind of like get back to each other and like horrible. I'm almost glad that because the child's those... definitely Lucas Madsen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think they have. I'm almost, oh. I'm almost glad because there's with Tom and Shiv's ending, especially like there is a lot more that could happen. Yeah. You feel like there's more that could go on there. Oh, I'm kind of yeah. glad they don't, though, because it's nice to have that left open to interpretation and discussion of, OK, well, what happens next with Tom mm-hmm. now as the CEO of North America for Waystar and Waystar mm-hmm. Royco or whatever it is? The the host of the HBO podcast, though, said that she's been hearing that there could be a movie, not a spin-off. Oh, no. Not a spin-off. I think a movie could work. No, there's so no, much. I don't. To, I, I, don't I just. I just. I just, just want leave more it. so badly. You're yeah, like, yeah, of course. Prepared to but I, yeah. I, I, risk you know what? it. Yeah, but that's it. I think it's too much of a risk. I'm not willing to risk it. I think it's. I, I trust think, Jesse. If he's on board, I do trust him. I don't know. I think as yeah. it is, just leap, just leap, just that. It's like in so the thick perfect. of it, and then Veep or whatever it's. What's no? What's the movie in the loop? In the loop. In the loop. Yeah. And then Veep wasn't the same. Yeah. The format doesn't doesn't work. Okay. It was a little bit great. You still watch it. Wait, can you think of any examples where a TV show has done a movie and it's been amazing? And um, okay, amazing is a strong word, but the um, what was the, what was the Sopranos movie that came out recently? It was pretty good with well, Ray Liotta. Of New York yeah, that was a pretty decent movie, but. You don't compare it because it's a different story. And I don't think Succession, the movie, would be like, oh, let's see what our characters have been up to. Like, it wouldn't be a movie <laughs> like that. It would be more like, let's look at Greg and like a very specific day in the life of Greg. You know, they mm. would find the interesting way to bring it back. Yeah. I don't think it would be like 45 days later. <laughs> I, I that, you'd, you'd want it like starting the next day. Yeah. What right. I don't know. I think, I, think, I think that ending as it is, is... For, it's like, perfect. When you t- yeah, exactly. When you take it as four seasons, that ending is like absolutely perfect. It's masterfully balanced. Yeah. yeah. Ba- balance is the perfect word, actually. Yeah. yeah. But then you can have six seasons in a movie. 
No, it doesn't need six seasons. And I, Sophie, listen, I can't. Like everything, I can't wait for the community. The, movie. the last episode was like one hour twenty four minutes or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, so yeah it was it's like a movie. A movie yeah, no, yeah. easily for sure. Okay, finally we have Kendall walking through a park. We have the bodyguard. Uh, his name is Colin, I think. Poor Colin. I felt so bad for Colin. Yeah. Especially after He's when Logan hover- dies. What does he do? That scene where oh. they go for dinner together. Oh, oh that's what I was going to say. Dinner, yeah. when, when Logan escapes from his party. Yeah. And it's, oh, God. It's like, it's like Logan's only friend. It's oh, so, so sad. Cute. Yeah. And now he's kind of hovering behind Kendall. Mm. So, so as Kendall kind of gazes out of the Hudson River, we know water has been a big theme of like Kendall's was really like you know how he tried to a swimming pool do you rem- yeah yeah it was season scene, three yeah. the final there's also that other shot when he's on the top of a big building and there's the glass edge and he's sort of looking down yeah he's kind of yeah depressed. even in season four like he when they're in what the is sea. it the, yeah he goes to swim in the sea after they've signed is that they've signed off the pierce deal or something they've yeah. like gotten they've gotten one over logan and he swim he goes to swim in the sea so there's also the sick. fact that that guy drowned in the car as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's how that's he killed the huge. guy. That's like, Yeah. So he's kind of yeah. obsessed with water. So yeah, the scene cuts to black at this very moment as he gazes, you know, uh, contemplates, realizes everything is kind what of... next? Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like it's so interesting because we could talk about what we think he's thinking. In my head, I'm like... Maybe he realized he hasn't just been sidelined. He's literally been crossed out. Like it's just... Never coming back. Even though he has kids, he has an ex-wife. That job was that, and and becoming the CEO was everything. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Like that's what I, you know. Like it's all relative. Yeah, like it's nothing else mattered to him, and so actually, he's probably thinking, "My life is over." What, like, what, what? Because of his programming from. Yeah, exactly. It's been programmed Logan. into him yeah. by Logan. Yeah. So, well, if the if the company's not there, what do I have? Because with the other two, we know they're going to be okay. Like, in their weird, twisted ways, they're going to be okay. But with Kendall, we don't know. So yeah, It's the most yeah. open-ended with Kendall. Yeah. And in uh, yeah, again, in the last episode of the HBO podcast, Jeremy Strong was claiming that he couldn't see any other way out but actually kill himself. Like, he thought that was the only way out as Kendall, which is why one of the takes that they'd done... He, um, Jeremy actually goes and climbs the fence. But you were saying you were saying they didn't know he was going to do that. No, he he wasn't going to do that. So he did that instantly because he was like, "That's the only way it can end." So in his head, he was thinking, "Maybe I go for it because maybe it's such a good shot that they may end up using that one instead." Mm. But and then they but Jesse, but Jesse was like, "No, fuck that! I want to like that I want to put it on the." in the wrong positions as well so he might yeah. have done it and then they're like well we didn't really get the shot yeah <laughs> so we stopped like, yeah we stopped rolling we just yeah. didn't know what you were doing well Jesse claimed that he got quite scared which makes sense because the river sound like looked terrifying yeah but uh Jesse wanted to leave the well, shot that's an interesting and that's that 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 asks a lot of other questions around like when when people play characters for so long and you know who knows the character better Jesse, who's been writing him for four years, or Kendall, who's been trying to live as that character for um, for four years. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's a very good question. Uh, we, yeah, because yeah, Jeremy pretty much says I have a very different interpretation of what's next for uh, Kendall compared to Jesse, who thinks you know he might make it out alive and he might end up seeing you know I'll the light. Go to Silicon Valley and start up the next. Him and Stewie will yeah. start some really wanky, yeah, some AI <laughs> company. <laughs> yeah, 
an AI porn company that gives you bad drugs and weird sex, you know? Well, yeah. I do think in his last moments in that scene, he's thinking what he said back to Shiv at the boardroom where he's, he was like, if I don't do this, I might die. If I don't get to do this, I might die. I think that was, I I think that was just his last ditch attempt though. I think that's part, partly that's also his last ditch attempt at like, okay, well, if they think I'm going to be dead, like, you know, the way when you're a kid, you threaten to, if you don't do that, I'm going to run away. It would have been so easy to commit character assassination with Shiv on this episode, but I think they made it work. Mm. I think they made it, yeah. Again, they just made it work for everyone. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Yeah, 12 out of 10. Perfect ending. Perfect ending. Cool. It's such a shame that it's done, but I, I guess yeah. I guess just go Goodbye. relive it, yeah. watch it again. Let's see season two again because it's the greatest. I'm just going to have to go back and binge watch them all again so I can yeah. make my mind up. Sorry. Cool. What about you, say? Which is my final, favorite season? No, yeah. just final thoughts on the ending, Yeah, parting, parting. Yeah, parting thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We really are, though. Yeah. Okay, we definitely solved the ending again. And, yeah, I mean, that's... That's it. Oh my God, I feel so sad that we're not going to talk about yeah. succession. We're going to have to talk about succession again. Please. Of course. Okay. It'll be it'll be there in our lives. Please, God, I hope they don't do a movie though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the show and its ending. You can DM us on Instagram or tweet us at Final Scene Pod on Twitter. My um active again on Twitter, so hit me up, I guess. Why not? Uh, yeah, or just send us a good old voice note. I don't know. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode breaking down the final scene of Michael Mann's Heat. Yes. Yeah. Not Michael Bay, as I keep making it. <laughs> no, I do. Yeah, we're gonna have to I've accidentally watched Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, until then, stay tuned and keep watching. Goodbye. Oh, look, a message from our sponsor. Did you like it? Did you like that? Did I like it? I loved it. I I had no idea you could milk a cat. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.